Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting edition of Big D in the Sleaze. I'm Big D, with me as always, the abbot to my Costello. Sleaze, say hi to the people. Hola, como esta? Ah, habla espanol. Muy bien, señor, muy bien. Okay. Gracias, That That's a whole different language. Okay. That was Italian. Come on, yes. I'm the Sleaze. All right, you are the Sleaze. Okay, listen. We're going to start things off, unfortunately, here on, on a sad note. Uh, now... If there's one thing you'll, you you guys will realize over the years, it's uh, the, the Big D here is a Mets fan. Uh, and this past week was a very tough one for Mets fans. We lost Gary Carter at just a ridiculously young age. And you know what? It's a tragedy when someone dies that young, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done. It really is. But, you know, Gary Carter, it, it's, it's a tough loss because you, you feel like you knew the guy. I mean, I was six years old when Gary Carter retired. I don't really remember him all that well, except from, um, you know, my Mets 1986 Collector's Edition World Series DVDs. But, you know, Gary Carter on a team filled with, shall we say, interesting personalities was just a, a, a good man, uh, a solid leader, and on top of that, an all-star caliber, Hall of Fame caliber player. And it's just, it's a huge loss, not just for the Mets or for the Expos uh, and their fans, but... Well, I guess I should say Nationals now, uh, but really for all of baseball. And it's, you know, Gary Carter will absolutely be missed. Absolutely. And any time, you know, you lose a guy that's considered one of the good guys of the sport, and all too often we're surrounded by, you know, the prima donnas or the out for themselves or, you know, the, the egos or the attitudes. And, 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 and Mr. Carter was one of the good guys of the sport. So you hate losing that. You, you hate losing that, you know, from your sport. Because even the good guys, even when they retire, they're still actively promoting the sport that they played, the sport that gave them the lifestyle they had. And then when it's someone that dies at the age of 57, which is just entirely too young, you know, you look at the impact he's had on fans. Imagine the impact he's had on his family, and they lose him at 57 years young. It's just it's an, it's an absolute shame, and, and prayers should go out uh, to the Carter family. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, you, you talk about some of the – the more selfish type of, you know, me first, look at me type of players, and you want to uh, transfer here over to a little, little different topic, how about Manny Ramirez? It, probably uh, our generation's ultimate look at me, uh, look at what I can do, listen to me be, you know, a nut job, that type of player, signs a $500,000 minor league deal with the Athletics. If he makes the big club this year, he gets that five hundred grand. Now, he does have to sit out uh, 50 games because of his suspension, uh, but after that, he's free to play. And I got to tell you, you know, I think it's an interesting move. Uh, his last actual season, he batted 298, uh, nine home runs in 90 games. Yes, he's old, but he could possibly still be productive. Please, what are you thinking uh, right now, Manny Ramirez signing? Yeah, I mean, you know, people comment, oh, Manny Ramirez, he's washed up, he's done, he doesn't have it anymore. No one's looking for the Manny Ramirez of 2004. And he. Nobody expects to get that kind of production. You know, you, you look at like what you said, five hundred thousand dollars if he makes the club. You know, that is that that is a cheap investment. You know, even for the Oakland Athletics, that's cheap. Because let's <laughs> say you get fifty percent, forty percent of the production you got out of him when he took the Dodgers in, in, into the postseason for five hundred thousand dollars. That's a win. You don't have to spend a whole lot of time coaching them. You don't yeah. have to spend any time worrying about how many at-bats are we giving them. Should we send them down to the minors? Should we call them? You're, you're, you're basically expecting to get 
you know, high ceiling prospect numbers out of a guy without any of the time or commitment because you don't have to develop them. So I, from that regard, in that regard, I kind of like it. Um, but, you know, a, a question that I know you're going to ask me because the kind of guy you are is how do I feel about it? And as fans, as fanatics, it's all about feel. And my consensus on the people, you know, on the fanatics that I've polled and talked to is, you know, man, we hate Manny Ramirez. You know, we're, we're in a society that loves second chances. This is his third. You know, he has that arrogance, that, that, that nonchalant, that I don't care about anyone but myself approach that is kind of similar to the attitude that Kobe Bryant has been known to have. And we all want something bad to happen to Kobe Bryant because we don't want to deal with him anymore. Something bad happened to Manny Ramirez. He came back. We embraced him because he was producing in L.A., wanted a, t- wanted a ring. He's coming back again, and it's like, you know, we've had enough. Yeah, You hear the stories of him pushing the usher in charge of doling out tickets to players. There's too many of those stories. that Whether they're true or not, hey, we love, as, as a society, we love to put the cart before the horse. So we're straight up saying we don't, we don't really like Manny Ramirez. And, he, hey, you, you had one, your second chance. You're on your third. Am I right? Well, you know, it, it, it's fun. I mean, obviously, I've, I've always been a big proponent of second chances. Now, obviously, I'm not an Eagles fan, but a lot of people have talked about, you know, after what Vic did, should Vic be allowed to come back? And you know what? My answer with Vic is my same exact answer I had with Manny Ramirez. They did something wrong. There's a punishment. They come back. If the man can still play ball, let him play ball. If I, if I was caught with drugs and I got arrested, now I serve my time, I come out of jail, nobody's telling me I can't pursue my profession anymore. No one's telling me my job is suddenly closed to me because I did this mistake. No. Now, I might not get hired because I have a record. In baseball, it's a different issue. In, in sports in general. But if a man has done his time, he has been punished, and he is still able to do his job, let the man do his job. So you know what? All in all, not a bad contract, but we'll have to see how it works out. Yeah, and, There's too and, many and, questions. Know, my- my thing, my thinking is, of it is, o- Oakland's trying to move to San Jose. That's, I mean, they, they want a new stadium. You know, well, hey, how much money do you think they spend in marketing and advertising and promoting? $500,000. Manny's going to draw people to the stadium. They're going to go to Coliseum to, see, to watch him. I, I, just from a business standpoint, it makes sense to put fans in the seats. It's true. And, you know, and, and speaking of business and, you know, the, the, the deals that make sense, the deals that don't, uh, we're going to bring up here our, one of my personal favorite things, best and worst free agent signings this offseason. Now, uh, the sleeves and well, I have each. Before we get to that, all right, go on. Before we get to that, should, should, we, should we break down you know, two big ones uh, that aren't on either of our lists, and, and that's the Albert Pujols deal to Anaheim and maybe the U Darvish deal to the Rangers? All right, well, let's, let's start with U Darvish then. Now, okay, U Darvish is the Japanese pitcher. Uh, wait, wait, me Darvish or you Darvish? You Darvish. Am I, am I playing Darvish or are you playing Darvish? <laughs> there are absolutely no words right now for the sleeves. Folks, I, I, I urge you to forgive him and he will get better at this. 
Okay. You did say Abbott and Costello to start the show. I mean, you know, what do you want well, from me? Bada bing, bada boom, I got to yeah, do what I got to do. You know, because you're a short, fat guy. and That's, that's really what I was getting at with Abbott. Hey. I mean, I'm a tall, fat guy. I, it works out. So, I got okay, a guy. So, so <laughs> you Darvish here. Okay, now, uh, as a Japanese pitcher, uh, the Rangers posted, what was it, $50 million for negotiating rights right. uh, to his team, the Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters. So we're going to... We're going to skip right over that. I mean, I They're know I could clearly, talk about that for years. Clearly, clearly not pork eaters in Japan. Clearly. So we're going to move on here. Cause, I mean, that's got to be mentioned. So you paid $50 million just to get him. After that, you gave him six years, $56 million. This not year a bad makes, contract. No, that not at all. Not a bad contract. No, but you got to figure if you can afford to eat the $50 million up front, after that, you're paying him $5.5 million. Then nine and a half, ten, 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 eleven. It's slightly backloaded. He he makes the smallest amount of money right up front, but you know, that's not a bad contract. Right, not a bad contract, except for the fifty million for the right to get him. That could hurt you. But like you said earlier, when we were talking before the show, if you got it, hey, one time, boom, hit. Now you got yourself a great, a potentially great pitcher at an acceptable, planned out contract. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you can afford it, go for it. Speaking of being able to afford things and speaking of ridiculous contracts, 10 years, $240 million to the machine. Albert Pools is now how old? 31. Yeah. 31 years old. You're giving him a 10-year contract. That means you expect him to produce at 41 years old. This is not a knuckleball pitcher. This is a power-hitting first baseman. You're going to pay him $30 million as a 41-year-old human being. Terrible. Well, you know, the, the thing with that, $41 million, is that that's what he's getting as a 41 when he's 41? No, $30 million, $30 million. Sorry, $30 million when he's 41 years old. And the thing is, I, I thought that didn't make sense to me either, but I did some diving, and what I found was AARP actually is picking up half of that year's salary because he's going to be their spokesman that year. He's going to be on the cover of the retirement quarterly. So let's let's now transition back to best and worst. Let, give me your best free agent signing and why. Okay, best signing. Actually, we're staying right here on the same coast. We're sticking with the Angels, C.J. Wilson. C.J. Wilson, two years ago, you say that name, you say it in, in, in terms of best anything, and people are just going to laugh at you. C.J. Wilson was a nobody. He was a schmuck. He was a relief pitcher who hadn't really accomplished a whole lot of anything. Suddenly, he breaks through. Two years ago, last season, 294 ERA, 8.3 Ks per nine with a 119 whip. Now, his contract is not bad. That's, he's, that's a good whip. That's a very good whip. Um, Devo would be proud. So 31 years old, but limited wear on his arm. This is not a man who has been throwing 200 innings for a long time. He, you do want to take a little bit off that age, and they gave him a five-year deal. Heavily backloaded, uh, which is the only downside. He'll make $10 million this year, $11 million next year, but then make 16 18 and 20 for his last three years uh, when he's 34 35 and 36 So if you think he can hold up, you have to say it's a great contract. I think he can. I think he's got the absolute talent to make it work. That's my best contract. Yeah, and you know what? You're, you're, in, a great ta- you're in a great area in Anaheim, which is outside of L.A. County. Nobody is more excited about the 2012 baseball season than Anaheim. No. Anaheim fans have got it. You have to be excited because if all goes well, 
you could be, dare I say, the dream team. Who knows? I don't know. I hate that phrase as much as the next guy. But, the, you know, they're loaded. They're going to be exciting. They're fun to watch. They've got to worry about that Bobby Abreu uh, situation going on, how he wants to play every day. But, yeah, I think it's a great sign. My, my best, my favorite, you might laugh at me a little bit, but I'm going with Brandon Phillips. It was a one-year club option, so not technically an unrestricted or restricted free agent. But, hey, could have left. But they picked him up for $12 million a year to play second base. And I think that Brandon Phillips' signing is huge. And the reason why is he's the heart and soul of that team. You already have Jay Bruce. You have Joey Votto. Could have a very, very healthy Scott Rowland at third. Ryan Ludwig's now in left field. Drew Stubbs had a good year. And the National League Central Big D is weak. It's weak, and, and I'm going to touch on that later when we go to our team to watch. But Cubs, rebuilding. Astros, obviously rebuilding. Brewers, yeah, I know they you know, signed. Let, I'm going to stop here one second. Rebuilding implies that at some point they might be good. I think the Astros are just a nuclear option. You're, they're the team that's there so that everybody can win a game every now and then. They're, the, they're there so that the Pirates aren't the worst team in baseball. They're there so the Mets can occasionally win a road game. Rebuilding right. applies success. Astros are garbage. Exactly. You know, and then let's look at the Brewers and the Cardinals. Brewers, who know? You know, you lose Prince Fielder. Who knows what's going to happen with Ryan Braun? He could get suspended and miss fifty games. You sign Aramis Ramirez, a traditionally well-known slow starter. Who knows? They they could not be that, that. The Brewers could start off really weak this year, and then you have that team that lost Albert Pujols and. Let's not forget, who else did they lose? Oh, that's right, the skipper. It's He's true. gone. It's true, but you know what? Did they keep Lance Berkman? They kept the sleek Puma. You know what? Listen, if you got the Puma, all else will fall into place. But you're right, absolutely, Brandon Phillips, a great, great option there to pick up. That's a To pull that one off is a very big move. You know, you got to figure at some point during the year, they'll talk extension. He's still not an old man. So you got to have time to, to work on that. So if those are the two best sleeves, tell me your worst. Well, my worst, my worst by far. Um, you know, and I actually we had similar worsts, uh, you know, as far as position players, and you'll get into that, but for, for pitchers, I think the worst one by far is Jonathan Tablemont. You know, I, I'm not doubting the guy's talent. I'm not doubting his excitement. He's good. I think he's, gonna, I think he's a good fit for Philadelphia. He's not a good fit for $50 million for four years at his age to be a closer. And he's not a good fit when you had Ryan Madsen. And frankly, with the way it was handled, with the way the negotiations went down, Ruben Amaro, the GM, he, he just looks like a bad guy. He looks like a bad guy. And that's not good when you have Shane Victorino and Cole Hamels, who were maybe up for contract talks. I just think it's a very I, – I, I don't like anything about it. I think he could be decent. I think he could work well in Philly. But too many cons to not enough pros. Yours. All right, well, let me touch on this real quickly. Now, I have been a big Papelbon fan for a while. This is a guy who struck out 12.17 batters per nine innings last year. That is an obscene number. This guy, he's going he's gonna to drive a low ERA. People aren't going to get on base because he's going to be striking people out left and right. But think about it. You pay, they paid him four years, $50 million. Four years, $50 million. What did Madsen sign for one year? How much? I think 6.2. Exactly. So... Is Papelbon a better closer than Ryan Madsen? There, there's, no, there's no doubt in my mind. He absolutely is. But you look at Madsen's numbers here, you're not looking at a bad closer. Right. Uh, and you Ryan know Madsen you last use... year, 
uh, last year, what was he, a, two, a 237 ERA, 9.2 Ks per nine. You know, he, he does walk a lot more people. That's true. He absolutely does. But he's still a solid option. And instead, you go Papelbon, you way overpay for him, and you could have used the money you saved not signing Papelbon to pick up the bat that that team needs. You have the core right. of that team is, is injured and it's old. Get another bat it, in there. Or use it for four years on Cole Hamels. Which or frankly, Cole Hamels, absolutely. More important than a closer. All right, so you're worst. You know what? I'm gonna, I like him as a, as, a, as a person. I think he's an interesting guy. I think he's a hell of a talent. Prince Fielder, worst contract. Well, the and Victor Martinez say, injury has to have something to do with that urgency. It, it does. It absolutely does. But think about it this way. Last year, Prince Fielder hit about, about, hit about 300, 38 home runs. He had a 981 OPS. How can I say signing that guy is a bad deal? Simple. That's a good question. He's 37 years, he's gonna be 37 years old at the end of his contract. He's 28 right now. He's on a nine-year deal. When he finishes, he'll be 37, making $24 million. You know what this is? It's a gross overreaction to Victor Martinez's injury. Right. And it's the owner of Detroit saying, to hell with my city, to hell with my fans. I don't care what happens. I'm, I'm old. I'm not going to have a whole lot left. I want to win now. He is mortgaging the entire future of his team to try to win now. He's not guaranteeing he'll win now because realistically, he's bringing in a player that is going to be a liability for a lot of those years. You, you have to make sure you use him, use him as a DH. You can't use him in the field. He's, he's horrible. You've got to rely on a, 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 basically a big, fat 28-year-old to be he's a, a healthy... Vegan. He is a vegan. I think he's only eating breads, danishes, and cinnamon rolls. But how, many, how many danishes do the man eat? He's 400 pounds. I agree with you. You know, and it's funny because now, now Detroit is putting its playoff future on the shoulders of two very cool-headed individuals in Miguel Cabrera and Prince Fielder. Two, two guys never known to lose their cool and flip out. No, so, all right, as we wrap it up, very we've mature, got 30 seconds left. Very, yeah, very mature. We've got 30 seconds left before we go to go to break at halftime. I need your team to watch for the American League. You know what? They're coming out of a strong strong uh, American League East, but I'm going to have to go with the Tampa Bay Rays. They've got good young outfielder, or sorry, outfield with uh, Upton at 27, Jennings at 25, and Matt Joyce at 27. All of them get on base. They have good pop. You have the veteran presence of Luke Scott there. I expect 25 home runs out of Luke Scott. The corner infield, Evan Longoria, you mark him down for 35 home runs, batting 284, 535 slugging. You count on that. Carlos Pena, going to bounce back. Look for about 30 home runs out of Carlos. Still will continue to bat about negative 50, but he will get on base to make up for it. Your pitching staff, Price, Shields, and Hellickson, as dominant a top three as you're going to find. Wade Davis is your number four, showing signs of joining them. Only downside, bullpen still vulnerable. Only Kyle Farnsworth had a good year last year. And if you're sitting there saying Kyle Farnsworth is going to hold your bullpen together, that's a problem. Still, power, on base, pitching, defense, the Zarilla, they've got everything you look for. Tampa Bay Rays. I like All right. I like the, the Mad Hatter himself. They got the Mad Hatter himself running, running, running the clubhouse there. And Joe Madden, a Hazleton, Pennsylvania boy. You know, Absolutely. good on him. Good things come out of Hazleton I, sometimes. Right. That's what I'm, I agree. I agree. Sometimes you got to be careful. You know, and it's funny because we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get fur, we'll get further into our predictions who we think should make the postseason. But teams to watch. Teams maybe not the favorites, but not not necessarily going to come out as as the head honcho, but could make noise. You mentioned the Rays. My National League team. Pittsburgh Pirates. Laugh. Go ahead. I get it. Laugh all you want. But hear me out on this. Halfway through wait, the wait, season, wait. Time out. Time out. Time out. 
You told me to laugh all I want. I am not done laughing. Ha! 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 Okay. Pirates, anyway, go. Anyway, wrap it up. But, you know, coming out, of the, coming out of the NL Central, they were in first place halfway through the year. Again, had their typical late season collapse. I understand that. But you know what they don't have this year? They don't have to face Albert Pujols. They don't have to face Prince Fielder. And they probably aren't going to have to face Ryan Braun for 50 games. And they get You're to in the NL Central. That's wide open. It could happen. They got you. Know, they might get AJ Burnett, which again, I'm not saying anything. It's you know, I'm not saying anything's guaranteed here at all. I'm not saying they're a favorite, but it's got to be a team to watch because it might actually be the perfect storm for them. You know, they do well against NL East, NL East talent, NL East teams, and the NL East could get the wild card. So now they got to. You know, they're probably gonna. They're definitely gonna face an NL East team if that's the case, and they do well against them. Who knows? The Pirates could be in the NL Central. So that wraps up baseball. We're gonna go to break. Uh, and then we'll be right we'll be right back with the second half sprint. You've been listening to Big D and the Sleaze. Go big. Or get sleazy. I'm a real wild one. Wild one. Wild one. Wild one. School, like I'm real, real cool. Gotta dance like a fool. 
Okay, welcome back, sports fans. I hope you enjoyed that little musical selection. Now we've got a real treat for you. We're going to move into something new. It's called the Second Half Sprint. Sleaze, tell the folks what they can look forward to right here. Okay, here it is, the Second Half Sprint in honor of Foshnut Day, Fat Tuesday. So we're going to, the only exercise Big Dean and Sleaze ever do is the Second Half Sprint. Eight topics, eight minutes. Here we go. First topic. Devontae Neal, college football recruiting. High school senior, supposed to sign on National Signing Day February 2nd, holds off, pushes it back, takes some visits, schedules his announcement at his elementary school. 600 people show up, kids, teachers, family. Time for him to make his announcements, doesn't show up. 30 minutes later, he's out the door, he's somewhere else, issues a statement. Why do we give high school kids this much press? I'll tell you what, I hated this the first time when they called it the decision and they starred LeBron James. I hate it even more right now because let me tell you something, Devontae Neal, you're an exciting prospect. You might make a hell of a football player. At least LeBron James was an accomplished professional athlete. You are an 18-year-old punk kid. Good luck to you. But in the meantime, do not expect me to give a damn about what you have to say. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't get it. I don't know why we why decided we put this much on it. National Signing Day, where real guys with real jobs drool, drool over kids. Awful. Second topic, NASCAR. I know, is it a sport? Who knows? But NASCAR, we have Daytona 500 coming up, but we're actually going to go back a little bit, talk about 2011. 2011, Chase Cup champion, NASCAR champion, Tony Stewart, limps into the, into the chase system where, Hey, got to get in the top 10, next 10 races, only those 10 guys can win the whole shebang. So it's a battle for point. You get in, slate's clean. Doesn't win a single race, sneaks in, wins the first two, five of the final 10, wins the NASCAR championship, wins the chase for the cup on Sunday, holds a trophy on Monday, fires his crew chief. A week later, that crew chief wins, wins the crew chief of the year. So now, you're looking... You're, you're, you're looking at this, and Darian Grubb is now the most, the hottest commodity in NASCAR as far as, far as being crew chief. What is it? Is it, is, is it? Does it show that this is bad for owner-driver to be the same guy? Does that not work? Your thoughts? Well, i got to tell you, if he wins crew, uh, crew chief of the year and then he gets fired, it must have been slim pickings for crew chief. I'll tell you that right now. If you're Obviously, you don't get recognized for something like that without a little bit of talent. Now, I don't know much about NASCAR. I don't know much about Tony Stewart. I really don't know much about being a crew chief. But I do know this much. If he was that much of a hot talent and he was that widely regarded that he got that recognition, Tony, maybe you should have kept him. Please, what do we have next? Well, before we hop in there, interesting thing. Right before the regular season ended in the NFL, Tom Coughlin was in the hot seat. He was gone. Him, Perry Fuel, out of town. They go in, get hot at the right time, win it all. He could be the coach of the year. Right before they get in, Darian Grubb was going to be fired. They get in, they win it all. He's still fired. Interesting dynamic when there's no home field, when, when it's a different sport with not as many follows. Whatever. Darian Grubb, out. Next topic, your favorite. Let's talk about a little baseball here. Matt Kemp issues a statement. If, Brian, if, if uh, Ryan Braun is suspended and they, re, and they take away the MVP trophy, he doesn't want it. That's you. You're Matt Kemp. Do you want it? Absolutely, and I'll tell you why. You can look at it two ways. You can look at it, as Kemp is doing, of I'm winning this by default. I'm getting this because the other guy didn't. Or you can look at it the way I did. Matt Kemp worked his ass off. I, you never hear a negative thing said about this guy. He busts it. He trains. He plays his ass off. 
And frankly, I thought he was the better player to start with. Braun gets the award because Braun's on steroids. Kemp earned that award. He's not getting it because the other guy wasn't didn't want it. He's getting it because the other guy doesn't deserve it. The award should go to the best player who played the game right. And I think Kemp owes that to the fans and to baseball to have a true MVP. Absolutely. It's a great point. Because if you and I go into the NBA and we have shoes that make us jump two feet higher than everyone, we cheated. We didn't earn this we didn't earn a scoring title. We cheated to get it. Also, if you give me shoes that make me jump two feet higher, I now jump two feet one inch. Very true. An alarming vertical leap by the Big D. All right, next topic, Lakers. Lakers having some problem. Not the L.A. Lakers team we all know and love. Jack, uh, Jack, Nicholson, Jack Nicholson sitting courtside, not so happy with the product. Kind of struggling on the edge. Meta World Peace, formerly known as Ron Artest, calls out head coach Mike Brown saying he doesn't, he doesn't have a consistent approach. He's terrible at subbing. He's not building any chemistry. He needs to change his style and adapt to the players on the team. Pau Gasol, remember, he was traded. Him going, going, over, going across, across town to, 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 uh, to New Orleans. Chris Paul coming over. 12th, 11th hour. David Stern vetoes the deal. Chris Paul Gasol, now he's pouting a little bit. Gets called out by saying, well, hey, the trade deadline's coming. Of course he's not busting his butt because he's going to get traded somewhere else. Derek Fisher, Kobe Bryant, team leaders, call an all-players-only meeting, try to get everything on page. Are the Lakers done? Are you buying or selling them to win the Western Conference and why? Well, right now you think about it. They're 19-13. and 13. They're fifth in the conference. And this is a team that does have roster issues to start with, but it's also a team that has had a very fragile team chemistry. Does anybody remember Kobe doing work, the video? You look at Kobe Bryant suddenly laughing and talking with Pau Gasol, and you see Pau Gasol sitting there going, what the hell is this asshole talking to me for? He's never talked to me. And that's the problem with the team. That team has followed Kobe Bryant's lead. He has never been a team player. He has been a Kobe Bryant player. I'm looking for this team to fall apart, and you know what? I'm loving it. The Lakers are burning, and I am playing the fiddle while it happens. I am thrilled to death watching this team fall apart. All right, how about the Celtics? Rajon Rondo, suspended for tossing the ball at the official, got a two-game suspension, drives hard to the lane, pretty hard collision, no call, says something, flips the ball to the official who's not expecting it. He doesn't have his arms out to catch it. Ball hits him in the chest, double technical, on the spot, tossed from the game, suspended. Was it justified? Yes and no. The fact of the matter is, you could very well sit there and say, okay, it's just bad luck. He, wasn't, he didn't whip it at the ref, he tossed it to him. If the ref is paying more attention, it doesn't hit him in the chest. However, when it comes down to it, Rajon Rondo could very well have just kept his cool, been calm about the whole thing, and just put the ball down. Or handed it to a ref. And so yes, he didn't really do anything that bad, but he needs to learn to control himself a little bit better going forward. I'm okay with the suspension. Two games, not really all that long. I say we go with it. Hey, you gotta be you gotta protect the officials. You gotta be respectful. He was disrespectful, he gets suspended. I get it. Mark Cuban speaks out against poor officiating. He gets slapped with a fine. Player player shows disgust. He's suspended. Who polices these officials? Because frankly, the NBA officials this season, they stink. They gotta get caught on the carpet. Two more things in the NBA. One of them, Allen Iverson, still not signed, still broke, still nobody cares. $154 million in career earnings, and he's broke. He's 36 years old, blew $154 million a night in 17 years. That's embarrassing. One fun statistic before we leave basketball. Jason Kidd passed Michael Jordan for second all-time 
in steals in an NBA career. Pretty impressive. However, I don't think he'll ever get number number one because he's 748 steals behind John Stockton. Pretty interesting. All right, let's go to the big finish here. We're going college basketball. Regular season games, do they or do they not matter, Big D? 68 teams now make the bracket. That's 19.8% of the 344 schools in Division I basketball. 32 conference champs all get in. Ironically enough, you don't even need to win your own conference to play in a game for a national title when only 1% college football make the playoffs. What do you think? Is it too big? Does the regular season not mean anything? You know what? It, it is very big. Now, you think about it, though. Yes, it's got a significantly higher percentage of teams making it than college football. It does, however, have a much lower percentage than all of the major professional sports. Hockey and basketball, for example, I think have 100% make the playoffs. I could be wrong. could be 105. I'm not positive. The fact of the matter is a lot of teams make it. And you know what? In hockey, I don't want to see it a number 8 seed necessarily in a 7-game series. Basketball, in, in the you know, in college basketball, I like the system as it is. I think it's much better than the football system because you know what? At least there is a playoff of some kind. It's exciting because, yes, do I expect the number 79 seed in an NCAA basketball tournament to win? No. But give them a chance. I would rather have a couple of extra teams in there than way too few. I'd rather you sit and include a team that's borderline that didn't make it than excluding a borderline team that should have made it. I think that's the way you got to look at it. I agree. Good point. You know, and, and and you made a lot of good points. But the reality of this, the reason, the, the reason why, I, the reason why I hate it so much. I'm, a, you know, don't ask me to fill out your bracket. Go up to your grandmother, give her the bracket, tell her the the, the mascots of every team, and you're probably going to beat the experts. That's what's so beautiful about March Madness. It's a great time, great tournament. Too many, too many schmoo, many. Who cares? Going to be a blast. Wrapping up here with golf. Hey, you can't wait till March Madness to fill out your bracket. Do it with golf. That's right. Do. Fill out your bracket for golf this weekend. Taking a little bit out of the out of NCAA basketball's playbook. 64 guys, single elimination, match play. 32 matches tomorrow. They're going to battle, see who can win. Should be a, For those golf acts, should be a fun weekend. Five days, not four, head-to-head, all the way through. Whew, okay, that's, that's right, Big D. Hit me with the water. I'm done with the sprint. I've never sprinted for eight minutes before. I'm probably never going to sprint for eight <laughs> minutes again. I need a power bar, a Gatorade, and a Swedish massage. All right. Well, as usual, while we try to hook up a Swedish massage, you know, perhaps Henrik and Daniel Sedin aren't going to do anything much this postseason. Maybe they can hook you up. In the meantime, I would like to remind everybody, you are listening to Big D in the Sleaze. Now, you want to talk to us? You get us on Twitter. Big D Sleaze at, at Twitter. You want to go to our blog, bigdandthesleaze.blogspot.com. Leave a comment. Tell us what you think. You want to send us an email, big, was it, bigdsleaze at gmail.com. Go from there. Tell us what you think. You like the show. You love the show. You love the sleaze. You hate the sleaze. Nobody hates the sleaze. Tell us what you think. Hey, you listen to Big D and the Sleaze. Big city sports. Suburban style. Go big. Or get sleazy. See you all next week.